Welcome to Vertical Church today. We're excited to be with us. We are wrapping up our series we've been a part of here for many weeks now called Driven. We've had some pretty special cars out in our lobby. So it's a 64, right? 64 GTO. Yeah. Any GTO fans in the room today? Okay. Awesome. Very good. So next week is our last week. So I'm anxious to see what Carl has up his sleeve for us as our final week here. Carl's been gracious to provide us some great cars over the past weeks and months to help us kind of get in our mind that we have been engineered, designed by God to be filled with his presence and driven toward a purpose. You know, it's funny what technology does to us. It changes us in ways that we don't even always realize. For example, when it comes to travel, I don't know about you, maybe this is just me and my personality, but if we're going to travel somewhere, I'm the guy that likes to know where we're going on the trip, how far we're going, where we're going to stay, call ahead, not call ahead, book online reservations, yes, Google map the whole thing, see what's all along the way, know where I'm going to stop, see if there's any places we want to stop along the way and know how much time it's going to take. Yes? Can you identify with that? And so, you know, that's what it does to us when we travel today. I will even go in, and once I find a hotel that has a reasonable price, I'll go to Google Maps Street View and check out the neighborhood. You can look. You can just look all around and see, oh, that's what this hotel is next to. Next. And you can can just kind of see what's going on before you ever get there. And that's just the way it is. I like to plan stuff out. Anybody plan a trip like that in the room so I'll make sure I'm just not... Okay, thank you for the 10 of us that are here today. That's great. The rest of you, I guess, are more like Heather who just like, let's just go. It'll be fun. We'll find a place, I'm sure. Yes, okay. There's a lot of Heather types in here. That's what drew me to her. Yeah. She's like, let's just go. We'll find something. And, oh, let's stop here. This will be fun. And that's kind of the way it is when she goes to Walmart. You know, it's like she's here. She's there. She's over there. You can't follow any logical sense of order. Like, okay, well, the second thing on the grocery list was this. No, that doesn't work that way. So, you know, I'm sure that back before we got so modernized and before we have so much technology, I'm talking way back in the wild days, that travel was very, very different. Travel was probably designed more with this idea of, like you Heather types are, let's just go and see what's out there. There might be wild animals, so what? We'll pet a few of them and make them our pets. Travel, I'm sure, was originally intended to be that kind of wild experience, this this passionate thing where you see things and you don't know what's going to happen next, and it's all okay. That's very difficult for me. And I realize that my approach to travel is one way. And I also realize that that approach can sometimes get in the way of what it means to walk with God by faith. Because, you know, God's ways are not our ways, right? And he has a destination in mind for us. He has a purpose and a plan, but he does not give us the Google Maps version of our life. 
He doesn't tell you in two years you're going to be here, in three years you're going to be here, and you're going to stop at this point, and I'm going to take you on this detour. He doesn't do that. He plans the walk of faith so that you and I would completely trust Him and not our map and not ourselves. Because if we trusted ourselves, we would make some judgments about the path. There would be some places we would look at if we knew which way he was planning to take us, and we would say, I'm not sure about that. Let me see if there's another route. Let me see if there's another way, because I'm not sure I want to go through that. That looks dark. That looks scary. That looks painful. That looks uncertain. That looks like I'm not going to be comfortable. I want to take another path. But the person of faith who truly is walking with God is in a process of learning to let go of me and completely trust him, right? And walk with him down whatever path he leads. We choose to give up and we choose to let him make the determination. We've been following Moses for the past seven, six weeks. We've been seeing the journey God has taken him on. You see, Moses lived in Egypt originally. He saw his people being treated harshly, cruelly. And he took matters into his own hand and killed someone who was being cruel to one of his Hebrew family. And because of that, he had to leave. And the Bible says he lived on the, the backside of the desert. For 40 years he was there not being what God had called him to be because of his own failure, his own sin. And we've all kind of come to the place to recognize, you know, ah, because of my sin, I found myself living on the backside of the desert. But God met Moses there. God called Moses there. God redeemed Moses there. God called him to a purpose, a mission. He gave him a, a plan, a map. He says, Moses, I want you to go back into Egypt. And I want you to set my people free. I want you to confront Pharaoh you're going to be the one, Moses. I'm calling you. So Moses begins this journey of going back, and he confronts Pharaoh, and he says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says no, and God brings judgment upon the land. Pharaoh still says no. He keeps hardening his heart, and God just keeps bringing judgment. Finally, Pharaoh relinquishes, gives up, and sends the children of Israel out. And Moses walks out of Egypt with all of his people. And they begin a journey. Last week, we saw how this journey was directed by God. You can read there in the book of Exodus, and you kind of, from our perspective now, it looks like a Google Maps plan. Because we see they went from here to here and to here. God didn't take them here because he wanted to take them here, but they didn't have the benefit of seeing all of that. They didn't know all of that. They just knew God's leading us. And the passage last week said that though there was a shorter route to the promised land, God did not take them on the shorter route because it was a path that would have involved war and they weren't ready. So God took them on a longer path a path that involved going through the wilderness, desert, a dry time. It involved God leading them into a place of danger. He was going to harden Pharaoh's heart and he would pursue them. And it led them to a place of a dead end. God told them to camp up against the Red 
see to where there was no way forward in their minds. And we saw how God intentionally led them to that spot. There's no indication that it was because they had sinned or failed, but it was because God had directed them to that place. God intentionally led them through desert, danger, and a dead end. And we learned this big point last week. Let me just do a little catch-up, and then we're going to move on into the story. Here's our big point we looked at last week. God graciously and sovereignly leads his people with purpose beyond their understanding. And God will lead you into times of blessing. But know this, there are times he will lead you into places that are dry, that are filled with danger, and will be a dead end for you. And God is wise enough gracious enough and sovereign enough to do that. And I rest in him in that moment when it looks like things are at their absolute worst because I would never pick desert, danger, and dead end. Are you with me? So in that spot, God speaks to Moses while they're in their most vulnerable spot, stuck up against the Red Sea, Pharaoh pursuing them. We saw these two verses. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. You see, God had led them through desert, danger, and dead end for a purpose. It was so that he could show them his power, so that he could rescue them. And they could see what he could accomplish for them. The next verse. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Wow. That was just last week. God spoke to us richly through all of that. So we join Moses and the people of God in the journey at this point. We're in Exodus chapter 14. If you would like to follow along in your Bible, Bible app, whatever you have. And let's see what God says to Moses. Here we go. Verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Now you would think looking at the verse that we missed a passage, we missed some verses or something, but it jumps right from where we were to this verse. And what we can conclude is there must have been a moment in there where Moses kind of has a panic attack. And he says, God, what are we doing? You've called us right here and you just said you're going to deliver them. How? I don't see any way that you could deliver them. And he's crying out to God. Totally understand. You understand, right? There's a seemingly no way out. God, how could you lead us to this spot? How could you bring us to this place? I, there's no way that I can see that you're going to rescue us. And he says, tell the children of Israel to go forward. Go forward? Forward? That's back. That's Egypt. That's back. That's Pharaoh's army coming down the hill after us with the choice soldiers and chariots and all the chariots and horses. They're coming after us. And you say, go forward. And forward is the Red Sea. Forward is what seems impossible. 
Forward looks like certain danger. Forward looks like death. Have you ever been in a moment like that? Where God has led you to some spot, and you're somewhat confident that he's led you there, but when you get there, it looks like an absolute dead end. You think, God, I trusted you. I got to this place because I listened to you. And now what? And, and you tell me to go forward? Google Maps says there's a sea here. <laughs> you can't go forward into it. It's water. People don't walk on water. Moses hadn't read the Bible at that point. So, <laughs> and you know, when we read it today, we have a little bit of a hard time with getting into the drama of the moment because we've heard the story. You know what's going to happen next. You've seen it. If you've been around church for a long time, you had a flannel graph where a teacher showed you this little moment. If you're, if you're from a much younger generation, you saw it on a computer screen. You saw some animation. You watched some children's videos with a VHS tape, perhaps. And you saw this moment. You saw the movie. You, saw, you know what happens. You know that the sea parts. You know that they're going to be delivered. You know they're going to get to the other side. And so we don't really grasp all the tension that's happening right here. When he says go forward, and there's no way to go forward in this moment. And you, you hurt for them because you think, if you guys could only see what we see if you could have only known what we know now, if you could only know that God really will deliver you, you're going to have to trust him and step forward. Don't you know that there are loved ones who have gone ahead into heaven right now who are saying that about our lives? They're saying, oh, I know you're up against a, an impossible situation in your mind. And they're saying to you, just take the step. Move forward. Believe God. Trust him. I promise you, you'll get delivered. You know, that's really what faith is. Hebrews 11 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. They would have to trust God to do what he said and to step out into water when it looked like there was no path. Now, I realize you're probably thinking already, but didn't the waters part and then they stepped out? If you read this story chronologically like we're doing this morning, have you seen yet where it said the waters were going to part? No, I'm not tricking you with the Bible verses here. I'm going in order. So far, we read, tell the children of Israel to go forward. And right now, all they see is water. All they see is sea. See? And God tells them, go forward. Go forward. Step on out there. Everybody get moving. Start moving toward the sea. Go forward. I don't care that it's a sea. I don't care what you think about it. I don't care what you assess about the situation. I say, go forward. And they were in the school of faith in this moment. God was teaching them. 
Remember what we said? God wasn't just taking the children of Israel out of Egypt. He was taking Egypt out of the children of Israel. And he was teaching them, go forward, do what I say, and then you'll see my provision. You know, that really is a principle in Scripture. It's the path of faith. To walk and take a step before you see the answer. Take the step, and then God parts the water. It's a funny thing about how we think, because we don't like to operate in that way. At least I don't. Maybe you're different. I like to know what could potentially happen. I like to know what might be there before I take the step. It's hard to step out when you don't know what's going to be there. But I find the principle throughout Scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. The promise works in that order. Trust all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And the last piece, then he makes the path straight. It didn't start the other way around. It didn't say, God will make your path straight, then trust him. That wouldn't make sense. No, when you can't see the way, but you hear him speak, then you trust him and move at what he said. Then the path will be straight. It's as though God's waiting and saying, I'm not going to straighten the path. I'm not going to part the sea until I know your heart is all in. Until you're ready to take the step. When you take the step, then I'm going to part the waters. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Here's one of our big points this morning. The faith driven, that's what we're wanting to be, hear God's word, face their sea of impossibility, and go forward. They don't complain. They don't blame. They don't whine. They don't pitch a fit. They don't turn around and run. They don't sit down and refuse to move. They hear what God says, and though they can't understand how it could come to be, they take the step. This is the retraining of the children of Israel. This is the retraining of you and I to be people of faith. So they get to the place where they actually did complain, did, you know, pitch a fit, did blame Moses. All that happened, but now they're done. Now they're ready, and they're about to take the step. And God does that in our lives. You have come up against some impossibilities. In fact, some of you are up against some impossibilities right now. You've got some situations in your life, and you don't know how it's going to get resolved. I was talking to Craig Strasner this week. You don't mind me sharing this to Craig, do you? It's too late now. I'm going to do it anyway. No. <laughs> Craig was telling me that uh, he and Amy both got home this past week at about the same time and uh, began talking, and some hopes that Amy had for her job situation didn't go well. In fact, it looks like the door is kind of closing. Craig has 
multiple jobs that he is a part of throughout the week. And one of the ones that is provision for them, significant provision for them, came up as a door closed. And so I just, my heart was just broken for him in the moment. that He said they both just sat there in tears. Because it, by all appearances, they have been obeying God. Scratch that. Craig's told me they've been obeying God, trying to do everything that they believe he wants them to do. And by all appearances, there should have been open door. But instead, they find themselves up against the Red Sea, the sea of impossibility, and they don't know what to do. They can't go backwards, and they refuse to go away from God. And it looks like forward's the only way, but it just seems impossible, right? And I'm sure there's other situations in the room like that. Maybe it's job-related. Maybe it's financial Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's a health issue. And you find yourself up against what seems just impossible. How am I supposed to move now, God? And the faith-driven person and people choose to not stare at the sea of impossibility but choose to keep their eyes on the one who's called them even in that moment and know that he is sovereign he is gracious and if he brought me to this spot he's going to deliver me from this spot amen the passage goes on and then here's what God says to Moses but Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. You see, that comes after go forward. That's important. Go forward. Oh, and Moses, do this. Lift up your staff, your rod, over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. You're like, oh, okay, all right, that makes a lot more sense. Right. A man lifts a staff up over, a red, over the Red Sea and the waters part. Like, that makes sense. That's not logical. Hello? Right? This is not fantasy story. This happened. This really happened. God caused a miracle to happen, and he wanted to show them all along. That's why he brought them to that spot. That's why they were here. He could have taken them on a lot of different paths, but he led them to this spot to teach and train them. Moses, lift up your rod over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel are going to go through it, and it's going to be dry. Mm. The next verse says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. Seems so simple. Seems so flannel graph. Much more complex if you're in the moment and you're walking in it and you're living in it. And you're seeing your sea of impossibility and you're wondering, 
how in the world I don't see any way. But Moses listened to God, and he did exactly what he said. And it says that the Lord caused a strong east wind to blow all that night. Now, I don't know if Moses stood up there all night long, or if he stood up, lifted his rod, and the wind began to blow, and the seas began to part. But I do know this. The children of Israel did not understand what was happening. All they knew was they're up against a dead end, and now the wind starts blowing. And I don't mean just a... I'm talking about enough wind power to cause a sea to, to blow back and part the waters. That's some strong wind. It's like a storm. It's like a tornado. It's like powerful winds. And I'm sure in their minds they must have thought, God, come on. We come up through this wilderness. We've got Pharaoh pursuing us. You say to Moses, stand still and watch you deliver. And we're at this dead end and we decide to trust you. And then you make the wind start blowing. Come on. Give us a break. Now this wind, our stuff's blowing, our tents are going everywhere, papers fly. Paper, they didn't have paper. Their parchment's going everywhere. Their camels are getting knocked over. They don't know. And the wind is just is blowing. And it says it went all night long. Have you ever been in a moment where you, you finally surrender and said, okay, God, I will trust you. It looks like a dead end. I don't see any way out, but I'll trust you. And then the storm gets worse. And then the winds begin to blow. And what you finally came to the realization of, I'm going to trust you, God. And then more bills came in. A worse report comes back from the doctor. The family situation isn't improving. It gets worse. This is where they are. Up against the sea. Pharaoh pursuing them. And now the wind begins to blow. Next big truth. The faith-driven believe God uses all things to advance his path and purpose. In those moments, they had to remind themselves of some big truths, just like you and I have to do when we get into our moments. We have to remind ourselves God is for me. God is with me. He will not turn on himself, and he is in me. God will not forsake me. He will not leave me. He's promised to bless. He has a purpose, and you have to keep believing those truths even when the wind's blowing. Amen? You don't stop believing just because you can't see the path. You don't give up because you can't see the way. You don't turn away because you can't figure out in your head how this is all supposed to work. But there's something about being 21st century Americans that wants to say, I want to know first and then I'll take a step. I want to chart it. I want to understand it. I want it to make sense. I want it to be logical. I want to see the progress. I want to see the process. And then I'll take the step. But not until then. 
That's where modern living has affected us. And there's a whole lot more of Egypt in us than we probably even realize. Because God wants us to have the faith to just say, okay, God, you said it, I believe it, I'm stepping. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter about the circumstances, doesn't matter about the reaction I might get, doesn't matter what I think could happen, might happen, I'm going to trust you and step. If something appears on my path that I don't understand, I'm going to believe you're sovereign. If some trial is coming my way, I'm going to believe that you're good. Romans 5, make a note of this. I'm going to read it, but I want you to check it later. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Stay with me. Therefore, being justified by faith, Paul's talking about what we have in Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. But not only that, listen to this, we glory in afflictions. Hello. We glory in them. We delight in them. We don't complain about them. We don't pitch a fit about them. We don't get angry about them. We glory in them knowing that afflictions work out patience. And patience works out experience. And experience works out hope. And hope does not make us unashamed because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit given to us. So as people of faith, we take on a different mindset, a different perspective. A trial comes my way, I say, okay, great. God is bigger than this trial. God's bigger than this moment. I'm going to trust him in it, and I'm going to step out into it anyway. I'm going to step right out into it. I want to just get on out there in that sea because I trust him and not the sea. I trust him and not me, right? And I actually then, I have victory over the problem, if that's true. Stay with me. Romans 8, 35 and 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or you name your struggle that you're in right now, your financial situation, your health situation, your emotional situation, whatever it might be, but in all these things, we are we more than conquer through him who loved us. The children of Israel were about to conquer that sea. They were about to defeat it. They were about to defeat, and it wasn't just the sea. It was what was in their head. It was what was in their heart. They were about to defeat their doubt. They were about to defeat what they had leaned on. They were about to step out as God called them to step out, and he was about to teach them in some beautiful ways. The passage goes on. It says this, verse 22. So the children of Israel went in to the midst of the sea on the dry ground. They followed God's command. They went forward even when they didn't understand, they trusted him. They walked forward into the sea, and there was dry ground. God made a path for them when they didn't think there would be a path. Because you don't look out at a lake and see, oh, there's the path. You, you don't see it. But God said, take the step, waters parted, and the path 
is now dry. Now, you would think if, even if they had the faith to say, okay, we believe God's going to part the water. But what about all that mud on the bottom? I mean, it's, it's a sea. How do you get across the sea floor if it's all like, and there's a, there's a million of us, you know? What are we going to do? It's, it's saturated. It's been saturated. It didn't even make sense that waters could part. But even if they did, now what about the path? How do, you, how do you navigate that? We got camels and horses and chariots. We got all kind of stuff we're going to take through here. We got heavy stuff. How do we get through this? But it says that God made a way. He opened a path. There's times in your life where you're not going to see exactly where God's going to take you. And he speaks to you and tells you to take a step. One step. And to trust him in it. Rely on him for it. And then he makes the path and he makes it even dry for you. He makes it stable for you. He makes it secure for you. And what you thought was going to be your destruction turns out to be your deliverance. It really does. He takes you right through it. Not knowing how, but knowing what God had said. They took the step and they went into the sea. They didn't run from it. They stepped into it and they found dry ground. And then it says this curious statement there in the verse. And the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Can you imagine? You finally decide to step on down there and you realize, wait a minute, this is dry. And they look and the waters have parted and they're up like a wall. I mean, they are standing on either side of them. And I don't know if they could look into it and see fish and turtles and all kind of stuff swimming around in there and see ships that had sunk in it. I don't know if they could see all of that, but you'd have to wonder. They're walking in the middle of all of this and seeing it. Do you know what waters of that magnitude represent in the Bible? They always represent judgment. They represent the judgment of God. What did God use when he judged the earth in Noah's day? Water. And so here were the children of Israel walking in a path where they should have been destroyed, but the waters were on either side of them. Judgment was being held back. You and I in Jesus Christ, we're walking a path of faith today. In fact, in the New Testament, it says we walk by faith and not by sight. And we walk down a path that God has provided for us, and he has rescued us. And Romans 8.1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You can walk through your life and know that the waters of judgment are being held back by God's hand. He'll release them in time but it won't be on you. That gives me some confidence. I can walk out into what I think might destroy me, and I can walk with confidence. Anybody relating this morning? Is it hitting somebody today? Okay, thank you. I'm interpreting the silence as though we're all processing. Amen? Amen. All right, cool. This is not a path they would have charted. 
It's not one they could have Googled. It's not one you could put a pattern to. They had to completely trust God. Big point. The faith-driven go forward at God's word and walk in places they've never walked before. You know what the children of Israel had never done? Walk on the bottom of the Red Sea. In fact, no one had. God longs to take us to places that we've never been before. Places of peace in him, places of joy in him, places of confidence in him, places of surrender in him. And the thing is, you and I would probably never choose the paths that take us there because they always involve stretching us and leading us to places of complete surrender. But that's what faith-driven people do. They get to those places and they say, okay, God, this is how you travel. It's not how I travel. I like Google Maps and confidence and certainty and know where I'm going, but you say, trust me, I got this. I know where we're going. I've got good things for you. Don't worry that it's getting dark. Don't worry that it looks treacherous. I got this. I have a purpose. I have a plan. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be a bit wild. It's going to be a bit untamed. But it's going to require your complete trust in me. We're going to have to let go of our modern thinking and hold God's hand and walk. When we get to this level, it changes us. It really introduces into us a real path of faith walking. And so I would say to all of us today, you might be at a place where you've been walking in the wilderness and you've wondered, God, where are you? You might be at some places where you've thought, God, this looks like a complete dead end. Where are you? I would say to you today, the sea of impossibility that you're facing actually contains God's path of escape and wonders beyond imagination. The only way for the children of Israel to escape was to go forward, to take the step, to obey, to walk with what God had said. And the step of faith always comes before the waters part. You see, Noah was called to build an ark before it was time for an ark. Abraham left his homeland, the Bible says, not knowing where he was going. Abraham placed his son on the altar, not knowing that there was going to be a sacrifice for him. Joseph announced the vision that God had given him before it had become a reality. The children of Israel shouted victory in the walls that surrounded Jericho before they fell. And Peter stepped out of a boat 
before he knew he could walk on water. It's the path of faith. And I think God is taking us to some new places today. I believe he's doing that for us as a church, but I'm going to talk more about that next week. But I know that he's doing that for each of us individually as well. There's some places in your life where you, you have some direction, but you've been resistant to taking the step. You, you feel uncomfortable walking forward because you don't know what's going to happen if you do. But God's calling you to take the step. And you've been doing this. You hear from God. You think about it. Then you put it off. You hear from God again. You think about it. And you put it off. You hear from God again. You think about it some more. And you put it off. It's kind of the way we do things. But that's not the way of faith. Faith says, God, I hear you. I'm disregarding what I think, and I will obey you. One of the most dangerous things you and I can do is hear, think about it, and wait. Because it makes us Lord of the situation. I will choose what to think about this. I will choose if I will act on it. I will choose what I will do instead of the, the way of faith. I hear you, disregard what I see, and I obey. My guess is today you're facing some seas of impossibility in your life. So just as a way of kind of processing, putting all together here today, as we wrap this up, what is your sea of impossibility? What's that thing that for you today, you look out there and it just seems impossible? You don't see how in the world it could get resolved. You don't see how in the world God could make a path come out of it. It seems so impossible to you. Anybody at a place like that today? Just lift your hand. Anybody else? You're at a place they like that. Here's what I'd like to do today. If you're facing a, a spot, a place, and you don't know what's next, and it's got you troubled, and you need some strength to walk forward, I'm going to ask you to have the courage to just come forward and stand right here. And we'll stand together as a group. And we'll pray for one another. Anybody want to join me down here? You're up against a spot right now and you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know where the answer is coming from. You don't see how it could even be possible. But you want to trust God. You want to believe. You want to walk forward. But it seems so impossible right now. Y'all pack on in. We got some room. We got some room up in here. Anybody else want to come join us? Would the rest of you please stand? 
We're going to pray. Y'all come on in tight. Come on. We've got plenty of room here. Y'all come on. I want us to pray. Pray that God will give us insight, courage, faith to step against the odds.